Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. My name is Ian Boquet, and every episode I ask special guests from the world of musical theatre and beyond all about their favourite musicals and what one show they would order run forever if they were the Mayor of Musical Theatre, which is a ridiculous made-up position, but one that we all want. So this episode features a special guest, Jacob Fowler. Jacob Fowler, who you may know from Little Mix to Search, his band since September, and more recently the tour of Heathers, the Manchester production of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, and soon, before, after, a brand new piece of musical theatre, sort of brand new, we talk about it in the show, but a new piece of musical theatre at least, um, at the Southwark Playhouse, the beautiful home for new musical theatre. If you haven't been to Southwark Playhouse before, they now have two venues, one in Borough, one in Elephant and Castle. Before, after, will be at the Borough, the Borough one. Don't go to the wrong theatre because that can really mess you up. We've all done it. We've all done it. Um, at, so it's at the Borough. It's the 7th of February to the 2nd of March 2024. And it's Southwark Playhouse, so it's affordable. They've got great affordable drinks and Tato's crisps at the bar. It's a wonderful place, not to mention it's new musical theatre. You have to support new musical theatre. If you're not out there supporting new musical theatre, then what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't need to go see Mamma Mia again. They don't need your money. They probably do need your money. They all need your money. Theatre always needs more money, but you should definitely support new writing. Before After looks very exciting. Jacob Fowler, Grace Moat as well. It's going to be fantastic. We talk about it in the episode. Um, this episode, by the way, is is produced in association with musicaltheaterreview.com, your premier source for news reviews and interviews on all things on stage, backstage, and also worldwide. All the social media links for them, for this podcast, and for Jacob Fowler are in the show notes. So please do follow and get involved and rate and review the podcast. And uh, what do you do to a podcast? Do you subscribe to a podcast? Subscribe to the podcast? All those things. Please do that. It's a huge help. So I hope you enjoy this episode this interview with Jacob Fowler talking all about his favourite musical theatre. Let's get into it. Brian Gosling can do it. Maybe Jacob Fowler can do it. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer, and now podcaster slash fake mayor Ian Boquette. But I am far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than my guest today. You'll know him from his band since September and Little Mixer Search from Heathers, from Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella last year in Manchester, which I'm eternally sad I didn't get to see, sadly. Um, and now he's about to start in the brand new musical Before After at Southwark Playhouse. Jacob Fowler, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, I've got a lot of listeners to this podcast who are really interested in getting into the industry. How mm. do you describe life as a musical theatre performer in 2023? Goodness. I mean, I love it. It's just, I wouldn't, I'd encourage anyone who's thinking of getting into it to do it. But at the same time, it's hard. Like, and it is. And that, like, I, I deal quite well with rejection. But if you're someone that doesn't like, I'm not saying don't get into it. But, you know, sure. if you're someone that doesn't deal well with rejection, then just know there's going to be a lot of rejection. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, I think it's brilliant. I've been lucky enough to speak to some quite big names for this podcast and every single person just talks about how much rejection there is on every single level of it. It's crazy. There really is just, I think I went in for like seven auditions one week, about four weeks ago and wow. got no's for all of them, like within a week. And that, when I tell like, I don't mean you guys, but like when I tell like 
random people like my friends that aren't in the industry that they're like you're joking are you okay i'm like oh my gosh yeah i'm so fine like i know i knew what you know not all of them but you know you kind of know if you're going to get something or not oh absolutely and um, so when you get the the big yeses the heathers uh, the cinderella things like that that must be cause for celebration absolutely when i got heathers for the tour this time around i mean first of all it's a it's a feeling of like oh my gosh can i actually do it and then but the, you know what well, well, no it's the opposite for it, you know it's like oh my gosh i'm so excited yes a year of heathers and then it's like oh can i do a year of heathers <laughs> and i managed to just <laughs> yeah i mean that's a pretty intense show not just the sing of it like emotionally there's it's a very funny and light-hearted show in some ways but also you go to some dark places in that it is especially jd the character i played i mean it's it's it doesn't like affect me personally but you know like it does take that toll of like you go off into your dressing room after like a big song like i love is god or something like in the interval and you really are thinking like gosh like you feel a bit solemn you know you can't even like get out of it a bit you know not in like a methody way but just in like you can't help it sometimes but yeah it's great um, I interviewed Carrie Hope Fletcher a few weeks ago for the podcast and she was saying how great the connection with the fans, with the Corn Nuts was. What was your experience of that relationship? Unbelievable. I mean, honestly, it's truly, you know, I've said this before and I don't mean it in a, in a morbid way for my own career, but I, I think I've peaked way too early. <laughs> you know, I've kind of, I've gone to that kind of place of, even like with the fan base, you know, in terms of like, I don't know any other show. Like, I know Rocky Horror has a huge like fan base like that that come dressed as, the, you know, but... I feel like Heather's has just taken the musical theatre world by storm in terms of fan base. And it's, mm. it's, I mean, it was brilliant. And people come up to you at stage door, especially on tour when you go into places that they don't really get bigger musicals sometimes or, sure. or they can't afford to come to London. And it's great to, to hear how many people relate to it as well, which is sad because obviously there's lots of sad themes in there, but sure. Heather's is their comfort way out of it in a way. Like that's their like, oh, I'm not alone. You know what I mean? And, and that's lovely to see. Yeah, and it must be great to have these fans who knew you from that now follow your career as you as it evolves. Absolutely. I, I did something on my story the other day about like, oh, who would want a solo concert? Like, mm. just just to see. And I genuinely got like, well, I got 4,000 replies, whether it be yes or no. Wow. Like, obviously, lots of people were saying like, no as a joke. I hope, oh. anyway. <laughs> but like, the majority, you know, there's about 3,500 yeses in there. It wasn't actually yes or no. It was like, this picture or this picture. And sure. one was like, angry JD. And one was nice JD. <laughs> but like, people would message you like, I clicked angry JD, but I meant it in like a yes kind of way. <laughs> so I took all of them as yes. Um, yes. And I, I just, honestly, I, I couldn't believe it, you know. Uh, you know how analytics work on Instagram and sometimes you put even if you've got as, this many followers you don't get that many views that many likes it's not it's never the way but I honestly got an overwhelming and I was like goodness me and that's from the the Heather's tour there's just so many people that are that follow you through your career and it's, it's great and the exciting thing about that of course is now a lot of them will be following you into before after which is a brand new piece of musical theatre writing and so that will get a lot of exposure for that and um, can you tell us a bit about before after absolutely so it, it's a two two-hander and if anyone doesn't know what i've said that to so many people and they're like what's a two-hander and i get it i, I guess i take it for granted but um a two-hander literally means there's two of us in it myself and grace mower who i played against in um well, not against with <laughs> um in a cinderella at the hope mill she was cinderella and i was prince tofa so it's great to be you know joining her again um she's incredible so lovely so funny absolutely crazy but brilliant um and it's it follows the story of ben and amy and um you know it, it switches between time periods hence before after um and it, it's going to be great i'm so excited you know when do you get the chance to do a two-hander like it's it's not very common that they pop around so the fact I've got this opportunity is honestly, and with Grace of all people, it's mm -hmm. I'm so excited for it. Had you kept in touch with Grace since Cinderella? Are you firm friends now? Oh, absolutely, yes, yeah. Um, 
I was meant to go and see her and she's in White Christmas at the moment at the Sheffield Crucible and I was meant to go and see her that on press night and then I couldn't make it work. But mm. absolutely, Grace is one of those people that we're just, you know, we've already done, well, including this, it'll have been like two jobs in, what, 15 months and yeah. hopefully many more. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so that show, I believe it was in lockdown, wasn't it? The first iteration of it and it was a live broadcast or a video yeah, broadcast? Yeah, I, I have to say... You know, I actually didn't, I didn't really know much about it. I wasn't clued up on it. Um, I knew that R- Rosalie Craig and Hadley Fraser had done something together. I remember seeing that because I love, I saw Company. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it in the questions, but I saw Company like eight times on the West End. She wow. played Bobby. Mm. Um, and so I, I followed her and I loved H- Hadley Fraser from the Phantom um, filmed version. And so when I saw, and I knew they were together, obviously. And when I saw yeah. them doing something together, I was like, oh my God, how cool for them. But I didn't process that it was before, after it kind of, and then when I got the the uh, email through for this, I was like, "Oh, you know, that's what Hadley Fraser did." And <laughs> to be follow to be following in his footsteps, and it, it seems crazy to say that because it's like, "Well, I'm not," but I am. You know, he's yeah. actually the only person in the UK that I think's done it. Like he did it with yeah. Caroline Sheen, uh, maybe four or five years. ago. I, I don't really know. They were on the cast album. Then he's done it with Rosalie. Um, and yeah, and that's to say that I'm the next person after Hadley Fraser to play a role is crazy because he's like one of my idols. Oh, definitely intimidating. Yeah. And I can imagine as an actor, you obviously want to put your own stamp on the character and things as well. But have you watched the film version, listened to the cast recording a bit to get a feel for how it has been presented in the past? Absolutely. And it, it, it's one of the things I went to Stuart, the, the composer with, you know, saying kind of, can I put my own spin on it? And he was so open to that. And it, it very much lends itself to a kind of the voice I have, which is hopefully kind of, you know, bit empty but bit pop as well i've kind of always sat in this weird mid mid place mm. um and some things i'm really not right for because i sit in the you know i'm not right for things that are too poppy or too empty i kind of sit in that middle place Interesting. Um, casting directors don't listen to that i can do absolutely everything <laughs> um but you know it, it sits in that perfect place of kind of also being allowed to do what you want it's quite um not riffy as in literally riffy but it's quite sure. um free in terms of how you know obviously staying uh, true to the score um so i'm so excited to get into it and kind of give it that hopefully that jacob fowler twist whatever that may be (laughs) (laughs) um how far in the process are you now Uh, have you done any singing together have you done any rehearsals or is that all to come no it's all to come we're not rehearsing till january uh, but like later january and we open it we've got two weeks rehearsal which for a show you know well I, I put heathers on in i we put heathers on in two weeks so you know for a two-hander hopefully it's actually going to be easier in two weeks because the, there's no choreography and things like that or there might be a little bit but you know it's not it's not a full show it's it, it is but you know what i mean in it's own well, way compared to heathers where you've got 50 people exactly on stage yeah backstage yeah it's, it's kind yeah, of yeah. it's a lot more intimate a lot more kind of you know working with the director composer um movement director um so yeah i'm we're not we've got two weeks rehearsal in january but we've been sent the material so we can really get our heads around it before and i've listened to it loads and um Mm. i think they've taken the cast recording off spotify and for me that bodes well for a a new cast recording i don't know i'm not i actually don't know anything (laughs) i met his steward i was like the cast recording's gone from spotify he was like yeah i took it down i was like london cast recording he was like (laughs) i emoji so you just never know uh, let's manifest that. Like, I know, please. I'd love to. Um, speaking of the intimate nature of it, it's at Southwark Playhouse, a wonderful venue which puts on really exciting new work all the time. Um, have you done anything there before? Have you seen much there before? Do you know, I actually haven't at all. I've never even been. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I know, crazy. Like, I've, when I was at drama school, I, I genuinely must have seen, like, 70 shows a year. I just went to the theatre nonstop, but I never saw anything at, at, anything at the Southwark. Um, yeah. 
I was potentially going to... Did they do Once on This Island at the Southwark? The, do you know the... Um, not the Regent's Park version, the BTA version. Do you know? I can't remember. I can't. I, there, I, I know like, there was another version before Regent's Park, I think Regent's they Park, did, and I was maybe yeah. nearly going to be in that. Um, oh. And it didn't work. I was in drama school at the time, and it didn't work out. Ended up being Sam Tutti, who's now an Olivier winner. So I, I'm just going to say that if <laughs> I'd have been in that, maybe I would have won. <laughs> I would not have. I could not play Dear Evan Hansen. Dear? I couldn't play Evan Hansen. Um... But yeah, no, I've never, I've never been, I've heard so much, so many great things about it. It seems like a fantastic space. Um, I'm trying to think what else has been there recently that I've missed out on. Oh, so much good stuff. So <laughs> there's honestly so much. Um, but yeah, I, I'm ashamed to say I haven't. So I'm excited to work there, you know, for the first time. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a lovely venue and drinks are cheap. They serve Tato's crisps imported no from way. Ireland and everything. <gasps> it's a gorgeous so one of my favourite And there's places. two, aren't there? There's Southwark and, uh, sorry, Southwark. Borough, an elephant, right? Exactly, yeah. There's a new one, and we're at Borough. Borough, the, the OG one, the original. The OG one. one. Fantastic, there you go. OG Southwark Playhouse. It's a lovely, lovely venue. Well, we should talk a little bit about your, your history. Obviously, you're a great musical theatre star now. You were mm. auditioned for um, the Little Mix to Search show where you showed off your pop voice and your piano playing skills. Was it always musical theatre for you, or were you going in more of a pop direction? I grew up listening to a lot of pop. I wasn't one of these people that kind of did musical theatre from the age of, like, three. So if you're listening and you're, you want to do musical theatre, trust me, don't think it's too late. I know that sounds more, you know, 17, it's too late. It's not, like, do you know what I mean? Like, But when you're that age, it's kind of like, oh, I've not been doing it since I'm four. So yeah, you yeah. can do it. Like, I started musical theatre when I was 16, 17. Um, had no idea. Literally just auditioned for drama school, kind of on a whim, and I, luckily got in but even if I didn't I would have kept going you know it's, that's very much my passion yeah. um, but I grew up listening to pop um, mm. but now I love pop you know don't we all we've all got our favorite singers and stuff but sure. musical theatre is really where I thrive vocally and I don't know like it's it's kind of half and half but I just <laughs> love musical theatre maybe I'm more of a fan of it than I am actually good at it but <laughs> I do love yeah. musical theatre a lot it's like I'm 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 a true thespian <laughs> Was there one show which really got you into musical theatre? Um, Les Mis. I know it's typical, but it was Les Mis. It was because of Ramin Karimloo, who... Well, I never saw him in it, but I, yeah. I saw lots of videos of him doing it. And um, I then went to see him at the Nottingham Playhouse. He did his own solo tour. And, oh my gosh, his voice. I mean, it's well known that he's mm. absolutely ridiculous. But then I saw the 25th anniversary of Phantom with wow. Hadley and as Raoul. Yeah. Um, uh, on, again, on tape, you know. And I just... I fell in love with Les Mis because of that. Uh, not even necessarily a role. Well, Javert's like one of the dreams, but yeah, yeah I, Les Mis was the one. It's great to hear that it was a lot of the performance which got you into it and not necessarily, oh, I love the story and all the effects and the dancing. It was the, the singing, the performance, the, the personality. It was the singing, yeah, which is kind of odd to think, actually. I never thought about that, but I just loved the the gravitas of a voice and yet the, I think, you know, Cone Wilkinson as well, watching that kind of uh, 10th anniversary version of Les Mis and hearing the kind of, brashness of the like 24601 <laughs> but then also like the god on high like it i just loved the way like you could do all that with your voice whereas pop you kind of i mean there are some people but lots of pop is kind of shouty and <laughs> high and but but like the storytelling in a voice i just think is brilliant i love it well lame is weirdly is the answer we get to the next question a lot and probably my answer for this next question as well um which musical score gets stuck in your head the most often you're just walking down the street <gasps> something pops into your head I think maybe Little Shop of Horrors, which is quite rogue, but I, I did it when I was at school and, mm. oh, I just think it's brilliant. And recently Shucked, sorry, I know I'm not probably not allowed to answer, but Shucked on Broadway, I know that's coming over, but 
I, that's been in my independently owned from that Alex Newell oh my gosh I'm constantly like not singing it because I can't <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah. but you know trying to sing that or but yeah I, I instinctively I thought Little Chop of Horror so I guess that's my answer I just love it I think it's great well yeah classic catchy Disney-esque song brilliant and it's it's a crime that it's kind of not been I know it came to Regent's Park re- relatively recently yeah bring Little Chop of Horrors back to London Oh, absolutely. I've never seen it live. And there, there you I've go, been going yeah. to musical theatre for so long in London. Yeah. Now. I missed the Regent's Park one. And what opportunity is there? I need to see. Uh, it was great. But yeah, I, I'd love to see it at the Criterion or, you know, a, a smaller yeah. house or, you know, even like the Southwark or the, the other palace or something like that. It'd be great. Well, on the subject of London, what is your favourite musical currently running in London? Currently running... It's going to have to be Phantom. I know it's quite typical. That's always going to be currently running. Yeah, exactly. So currently, yeah. It would have been Company, but that's not currently running. Um, But yeah, it's going to have to be Phantom. I know it's typical, but that is my answer. Phantom's the absolute dream role. Sorry if that's another question. (laughs) But Phantom is the dream. That's, that's, yeah. Please answer the same musical for everyone if that's your favourite. Phantom, 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 Phantom. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting one that um, in interviewing people about their favorite musicals phantom is sometimes a slightly controversial one some people, some people get really it some people like really it. don't connect with it yeah my, like my mum kind of she loves lay mid to me lay mid and i know they're not the same of course they're not sure but they're on the same level for me phantom and lay mid obviously they're the longest running pair yeah. they're just brilliant but they can be so decisive some people are like i absolutely hate phantom and i love lay mid and i absolutely love phantom and i hate lame is and or not hate that's a strong word but you know what i mean whereas yeah, yeah. to me they're like kind of one and the same in terms i know they're not literally but they've kind of got a similar they, they hold a similar status in my eyes so i love both of them but phantom's kind of there's a role you know that's the role i'd love to play rather than the show <laughs> but yeah i do that's probably the best show as well in in my eyes at the moment which musical has made you laugh the most uh funny you ask i'm, I'm not a big audible laugher for like musicals like even if i think something's brilliant i'm like yeah. hmm. you know like I, i'm not over i think that's maybe the east midlands in me i'm a bit kind of like reserved but um recently i went to see old friends which obviously is more of a review than a yeah. uh, than a musical but janie d singing uh, singing what is it Go the, on, the it. boy <laughs> from <laughs> Takarem. how can i do it i was howling in my seat i was literally third row and i was like <laughs> i honestly even thinking about it she is so funny have you seen it i have she's phenomenal and online you know even the bbc broadcast they did oh my mm. god she makes me laugh to think it's just when she walks on in those glasses i think it's brilliant <laughs> i was howling so and i never do that so that really made yeah. me think that is it like i know it's, it's not a generally funny musical obviously it's quite you know it's quite poignant and sad but that number from that musical made me howl that's what's so great about it though because it's the entirety of sondheim it's like all of the serious stuff and of the course. really emotionally devastating things but also he was a hilarious songwriter such a Absolutely great lyricist that and you know even like everybody's got to have a made everybody yeah. else have a made like it, there's some brilliant songs and it's that, that's what i love about it you, you've got all, you've got everything in that one including all these legends like Bernadette Peters, Lea Salonga, Janie D, Bonnie yeah. Langford, God, to name a few. Yeah, and it's only on, I think, until January or something. January, I so. think, yeah, because something else is... Oh, the Sheridan Smith show is going in there, the um, yeah. opening night. So this is the opportunity to get to London and see all the legends singing all your favourite songs. You've got to, if you're day. listening. Yeah. I don't know when this goes out, but you've got a few, a mere few weeks, go and see old friends. <laughs> Which reminds me, I need to book more tickets for that. Um, <laughs> what is your favourite movie musical? Are you into movie musicals? Not as much. I don't not hate them, but I, I, I just think everything's done better on stage. Um, That's fair. Depending on whether it was written. For, I know like Greatest Showman was written to screen. But funny enough, saying that, La La Land, I know it's kind of not a musical, but it is. But it's a bit in the middle. That's oh, my yeah. absolute, That's probably one of my favourite movies, full stop, whether it's musical or not. It just happens to be. 
I absolutely love La La Land. I think it's some again, it's yeah. quite deci- um, divisive. Some it people is, really yeah. hate La La Land. They're like, oh no, so you know, tacky and kind of like it's trying to be a certain thing, old Broadway, old Hollywood, but. God, I think it's brilliant. It's just infectious, isn't it? It's so joyful, especially those opening moments. Absolutely, yeah. And then it goes as deep as you want And then the whole story, that's what I think I love about it. The whole storyline is actually really poignant and deep. And yet there's this, and I love jazz music and I know it's not ground, like proper jazz, but but it is. I think it's great. I think it's, I love it. What do you think if they did a stage version of it? Do you reckon it could live up to the movie? Would you go see it? Oh, would I go see it? I'd I'd bang on the door to be in it. I would I would wow. sweep the stage. I would literally do anything to be in that. But yeah, if I wasn't in it, I'd. That's actually like a dream role. It doesn't, it doesn't exist yet. But mm. Sebastian in in La La Land. Yeah, I'd love as a to, pianist and singer. And exactly. Yeah, and I yeah. don't. I, by no means can I play that. Me and Sebastian's theme. But he couldn't. He learned. So yeah, was it like on. a year or something? He taught himself. Yeah, piano? if Ryan Gosling can do it, Jake, maybe Jacob Fowler can do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the message of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> that could be the tagline at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Which musical might people be surprised to learn you love? So it could be something maybe at odds with your personality or something, a guilty pleasure or something like that. Oh, nine to five. Oh, fun. I, I don't like jukebox musicals. Sure. Sorry, I just don't. I, I don't hate them all by nature. I just, they don't connect with me like a Sondheim does or like something that's written, you know, with the songs for the, for the narrative. But I went to see nine to five and I have to say, I thought it was great fun. Everyone was brilliant in it. Amber Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone was fantastic. And I just thought, I remember that time thinking, goodness me, this is probably one of the best shows in London. You know, it's <laughs> nine to five, but I thought it was great. I just thought the choreography, everything. It was fun, but I also like believed it. I thought it was great. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's just a great story to start off with. And it's got the great songs. Um, recently, exactly. I think it was Mountview did a weird yes, modern I like, saw Brechtian that online. Version. I didn't actually see it in person, but I saw yeah. like pictures of it and stuff and it looked great i'd love to see seen that yeah the fact it's so adaptable you can take it away from the colorful cartoon version it'd still be a great show exactly and i think it probably works like that as well it must have you know they did it but yeah, yeah. i think that's my <laughs> guess guilty pleasure because i don't too often like jukebox but well nothing to feel guilty about with that one <laughs> um but on the other ha- on the other side of the coin which musical do other people really love but oh. doesn't quite connect with you it doesn't have to be you hate it you just don't quite understand it i've the got same many for this do. oh there's two that are the, probably the most popular musicals right now. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Hamilton and Six. Interesting. I just, I can take them or leave them. Because they're very popular as well. And you've got exactly, yeah. And I, do you know what I think it is? I think when I was younger, I used to judge musicals, not, not instinctively, but judge musicals by whether I could be in them or not. Sure. And obviously I can't be in Six, and I guess I could do King George and Hamilton, but not for ages. But and maybe, maybe that's my instinct. Maybe that's where my head's going. So that's why I'm saying, but, but also, and I admire them both for what they've done for, you know, six probably wouldn't exist without Hamilton. Sure. And I admire what Hamilton's done for musical theater, like completely. And I think, I actually think it's a brilliant piece of theater, mm. but you would never, ever catch me listening to either of those. I just don't like either of them. I've been to see both of them and I think they're great for what they do, but I don't really like of course. them. Okay. On to happier times. What do you think is the most romantic musical? Would you consider yourself a romantic, sentimental sort of person? Yeah, I think so. Like, kind of not on the surface, but I think I am. Um, I think in a devastating way, West Side Story is like, you know, and I know it's very, like, sad, obviously, but I like that kind of thing. It's it's a bit like La La Land. Like, it doesn't have a happy ending, but I love that. Like, not that I don't want a happy ending in life, but you know what I mean? Like, I love the fact that West Side Story is you know, about love and they did everything to try and make it work and in the end it's obviously devastating but i think that's actually really romantic and the score is obviously very romantic in in its nature Perfectly gorgeous yeah. um i think west side i don't know if this is a question i'm maybe i'm jumping ahead but west side story i think is the greatest score ever written for musical theater like I, 
in it, you know, if, if I'm going off score, well, yeah. and production, but I've never seen a production that's really made me go, <gasps> but there's something about West Side Story that I just think it's, for me, if someone says greatest musical of all time, it's, it's West Side Story, I think. Yeah, and I think it's its depiction of young love, of like naive, innocent love, which doesn't drag on too long. They're only together for well, a week or so, and then exactly. it all ends tragically. Yeah, and that's what makes it so impactful because you're just seeing the pure beauty of love destroyed. And it's brilliant, like in every version I've ever seen of it. And I think it's actually in the if you ever get the rights to it, you have to almost do it like this. But they come on and bow with no music. You know, it's there's no kind of oh, that was them doing that now. Oh, we love that actor. Like it is, but it's more like you've just watched an incredible piece of theatre, you know, like we're just going to bow, take our dues yeah. from everyone and that's it. Like, thank you for coming. It's quite a, <gasps> even that, bowing with no music. It's a bit like Les Mis kind of bows with no music. It's, yeah. I, I love a, <laughs> I love a tragic ending. <laughs> <laughs> and quite revolutionary for the time as well to be, mm. well, to have that for one and to be talking about social issues and to be... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sondheim said, you know, when people, he'd go and watch um, thingies, of um, previews of it, and people would just walk out because people didn't want that tragic ending at that time. You know, when it came out in the 50s, 59, I think, 55, um, you know, people would literally walk out and not not enjoy it. Like, because they'd come after work, like rich businessmen or whatever in New York yeah. would go and watch it after work and be like, oh, God, depressing. But I think it was before its time in terms of what it, you know, if you've got a West Side Story now, like it'd be like Sunset Boulevard in terms of like that kind of... yeah distraught ending i think it would work like that as well actually i think west side story maybe would jamie lloyd if you're listening get on it cast me <laughs> yeah now we've got a real appetite for musicals which aren't just kick lines and exactly yeah i think it's brilliant i think it's it's and you know i was watching a video the other day that said something about it doesn't need to be like that forever it's not like if you don't like the sunset boulevard well that's it sunset boulevard's ruined forever it's just that's just a version of it and if you don't like it sunset boulevard is always going to come back in its glitz and glamour as Absolutely. every musical is um but yeah i think it's great that we're reinventing things yeah same for oklahoma same for the carousel exactly that we just parked exactly a couple of years exactly 100 we're living in a golden age um, yes we are what musical have you never seen that you think you should have seen so maybe like a really popular classic that's passed you by or a piece of new writing that you haven't got to mm. see yet one that people online especially were like, I can't wait for this. And I was like, couldn't even tell you one song was next to normal. Oh, okay. And it's not nothing, nothing on it. I literally don't know anything about it. I'm sure I'd love it, but I just do not know. I think there's a song called I'm Alive or Alive. That's the only thing I know about that whole show I'd, and th that it was on recently. But I don't know anything about it, but people seem to love it. Do you know it? Uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to see it at Don Mar Warehouse. Oh, were you? Apparently um, it was great. But if I hadn't had a friend who had a ticket, I would have had to murder someone to get a ticket. Yeah, this so. is what I mean. See, people absolutely looked like, and I just had no idea. I think I, it was, like I said, I came into musical theatre in like 2017, 18, and I feel like that was past that kind of buzz of that. Yes. Yeah. And I'd not managed to pick it up online. So that's one that I think when it comes, because it's obviously going back to the Wyndham's, I think. It is Wyndham's, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I've got to see it. I've got to see it. Which musical's fictional world would you most like to live in? Oh, that is a hard one. Yeah, you don't want to live in Lamer's times, I imagine. No, wait. oh yeah, oh absolutely not. Well, I wouldn't mind something like Phantom in terms of that, you know, like... Oh, the opulence. Yeah, like the, you know, Paris. I recently went to Paris. Mm. Beautiful. And I went, well, walked past the Palais Garnier. Is that a, I think that's the place that it's based on. Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe Phantom. But, but not in the the slums of Paris in the, you know, if I, if I got to choose in the, the oh, opera yeah. house, Paris, <laughs> would you choose to be a specific character in Phantom or would you just like to be in the world and observe it all go on? Well, well me darling, I'd choose Phantom, <laughs> but maybe I wouldn't cause he's very traumatized. <laughs> Apparently we know I like that. Um, oh, 
Well, yeah, I guess I choose Raúl because you know he's kind of not that I want to be rich. I don't really care about that, but you know he's he's got his life together and he gets the girl in the end. So, but then I've not seen Love Never Dies, so I don't know if that doesn't turn out very well for him. I don't know. <laughs> I can't actually quite remember, but let's say it's probably. But fine. let's say he's he's fine. Raúl's fine. Yeah, you could work with it. <laughs> If you were to direct a radical restaging of a classic musical, is there one that you'd like to bring oh, up to date in some way? Go. The way we were talking about with Oklahoma and all those? Well, maybe West Side Story. Maybe, only because we've just spoke about it. I don't think that would have been my natural, but because we spoke about it already, you know, maybe... I mean, it's so of today in terms of opposing sides. You know, Absolutely. I'm not saying I'd want to make it political in that way, but like something a bit, bit more modern in its kind of... Yeah, maybe West Side Story or... Or Carousel. I know Carousel has been done in a modern way at Regent's Park. I wasn't a huge fan of that production because, I, I, again, I'm quite classic in terms of I, I like things how they are. Um, but then I have to say I loved Sunset. Um, but yeah, maybe Carousel, but in a different way, you know, in, in a more, I don't know. Well, Carousel is one of those where it's such beautiful, beautiful music, but you do need to change some things to make it Exactly, because it's problematic. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe West Side Story, actually. I think that's yeah. a good, you know, you can't, you will never get away from like opposing sides, whether it be anything, you know, politics or race or religion or, you know, you've always got these like two sides. So I feel like you could bring that into any kind of day and yeah. do West Side Story in a, in a way, I think. So I don't know what I'd do with it, but maybe West Side Story, <laughs> bring back West Side Story. Yeah. Well, producers give you the money first and then you work out what yeah, you're exactly. doing. Yeah, exactly. Then you, yeah, do whatever you want with it. Well, the big final question, <gasps> if you were the mayor of musical theatre, if you had that power, which show would you order to be staged forever so you can go see it whenever you want and in which theatre? Do you know what? And it's funny because I've actually not mentioned it yet, but I think it's one of the best things I've ever seen that included all three things apart from my side story. And that's Follies. And I thought Follies was exceptional with choreography, story and music. And it, yes. it's got funny moments and it's got really poignant moments. And I think to have something running forever depending on how you, you know, it's not just like West Side Story, which is all pretty depressing. It's kind of, I'd say Follies and I'd have it at the, the Gilgood. I could have said National, but I've got a connection with Gilgood because of company. I saw it so many, mm. and now old friends and I love the Gilgood. So yeah, I'm going to say Follies at the Gilgood. So close to the Sondheim Theatre, but not quite. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I should have chose Sondheim. I guess they're the same, probably the same, but I've always associated that with Les Mis. Um, yeah, but that's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere. Exactly, so we're going to have to use the Gilgood. The Gilgood Follies with that, well, actually, I'd, I'd have any cast. I thought it was brilliant, but that National Theatre cast was incredible. Answer. Yeah, so um, that production as well, and the full two and a half hours, that no interval, everything. Yeah, no interval, although I've got an awfully weak bladder, so I probably should put an <laughs> interval in there. But yeah, I'd, oh God, I could go into a whole other podcast about casting it. But yeah, that production, I just thought was brilliant. Maybe you do need the National because you need that massive, I loved how the stage was just huge. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. they just wander from the back. So gosh, maybe, maybe I'm changing my answer, but yeah, that production of Follies at the Gilgood, let's say. That's a great choice. And my flatmate who hates Follies will hate you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I love Follies. Oh, sorry it's great. Flatmate. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat, Jacob. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So that was Jacob Fowler. Thank you so much, Jacob, for talking to us. An amazing performer, lovely, lovely human being. That was a wonderful chat. Don't forget to get tickets for Before After at Southwark Playhouse Borough. It's on from the 7th of February to the 2nd of March. I love the Southwark Playhouse. I go see literally everything they do because they do such exciting work, new work, interesting work. It's always an incredible place to spend your time. Go to Southwark Playhouse. Go see Before After. 
So thank you once again for tuning in, tuning into a podcast, subscribing, whatever it is you do. Please do subscribe, rate and review um, the podcast and also Musical Theatre Review and Jacob Fowler, all on social media, all the links in the show notes. And we'll catch you next time. So until then, keep it musical. Thank you.